You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Welcome to episode 2.8 of the Bulldog Hour. Yes, we are in the second season of the show and actually the eighth episode of the 2016 season, which is kind of crazy to think about. We, last year we only did four. We've already doubled ourselves up. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a crazy year in terms of us being able to get uh, shows made. Um, I know uh, last one <laughs> you were kind of on your own. Um, been a, been a rocky road a little bit <laughs> for, for me. Um, but it's I'm glad to be back. Lots of exciting stuff to talk about. Um, you know, as, as I was looking at the title slide, uh, you know, or the opening, uh, it, it looks like with 6A, it looks like you like kind of hit that button. You know, sometimes when you don't realize you're hitting a button and then it just like kind of makes all those letters. Um, you know, it's still still getting used to the 6A, right. uh, you know, format. I, I mean, it's been there all year, but it's not really something we talk a whole lot about until this time of year. Right, and I was looking at statistics for uh, the district playoffs and the district championship and whatnot, and, you know, I was kind of forgetting, you know, I was looking back, and I was just obviously checking mostly the 4A stuff. And when, when you're talking Wilson, 4A is all that matters. I know Wilson was in the first three years of 3A because there were only three classifications from 82 through 84, uh, but Wilson didn't make the districts in either in any of those years. So really I focused on 4A, and then as I'm going over this stuff, uh, leading up to the show tonight and sending out tweets on the at Wilson Bulldogs account yesterday. I'm like talking as if this year's going to count in those records, mm. you know, but it, it's not 6A. I mean, basically every game that's been played this year in the playoffs in 5 and 6A are records. So I, unrelated to Wilson football, but to that structure, um, I, I uh, texted you earlier this year when we were at um, – when we, I was at a Steelers game, and they have a cool display in Heinz Stadium, Heinz Field. Yes, that has like you know a mini helmet of every like Whippeal team, um, and then they also have like lists of all the champions at the different classifications. And I told you I was like, um, they're going to need to restructure the wall um, because <laughs> it's a little different. But it, it's a I'm sure they'll sort that out. It's a really cool display if you're ever there, not just for a Steelers game, obviously, but for a pick game or a high school playoff game. Um, you can you can take a look at that. It, it's a it's a pretty cool display. Yes, absolutely. And actually, going back on what you said about you know not being here, I you know I do want to let you know that I was approached multiple times to say that everyone's favorite episode was episode seven. I've heard uh, that. Actually. I don't know if that has any reflection on you. Um, but that just was what people. No, I'm I'm kidding. Obviously, we actually, haven't seen uh, any real change in. I, uh, I, I heard it from the, from the press box actually <laughs> at the game on Friday. Um, a certain someone was yelling into the press box at me. I wonder who that uh, was. Those same sentiments. So anyway, uh, and then repeatedly, not repeatedly. Well, I guess they did repeatedly try to throw trash at me. I'm but, sure. Uh, unsuccessful most of the time yeah, absolutely my favorite thing coming from the press box right now is uh mr wayne sear continuing to hype the bulldog hour and he's added our logo to the rotating yeah, billboard um every time it happens board. people just look at me well yeah and i'm usually down on the field if he talks about it during the game and usually with the kids like turn and look at me the other night it was right after halftime we're standing on the right. field and and jeremy turned to me and was like 
right here. <laughs> we have a good laugh about it, but I, I bring it up and laugh about it mostly because I only requested the athletic department and Wayne to do it for one game. And, and yeah, I know. Don't let anyone know. Don't yeah. let anyone know. Um, but I'm glad that they keep saying it. And hopefully uh, people have checked us out because of the announcement. And we appreciate any attention we get from the program and the athletic office. Yeah. All right. So what well, we're here to talk about Wilson football. And once again, we get to sit here in a euphoric state because we're not talking about a loss. It's only happened one time this year. Yeah. And uh, we're recapping two more games. And probably the best thing to come out of these two wins is to tell you fine folks listening that there will be a ninth episode of the Bulldog Hour. And hey, if things go really well, there could be a tenth episode (laughs) of the Bulldog Hour. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We're talking on episode 2-8 about the District 3 6A playoffs, recapping the quarterfinals game against Central York. And the semifinals game against Central Dolphin East, both of them at Gursky, because the Bulldogs earned the number two seed in the district playoffs. And really, I'm looking at it when we were kind of debating, or debating with myself, I guess, last time, and talking about the bracket. Wilson definitely got the better draw to not have to play. Central Dolphin or Cumberland Valley in the second round. Not that CD East was going to be a pushover, and that's kind of who we expected to see. Um, it was close with Red Line. Red Line put up a good fight, but ultimately fell to CD East 13-7. to And then uh, I'm... CD East in the second round is preferable to having Central Dolphin or Cumberland Valley in the second round. Yeah, you know, um, I know we're going to touch on some of those uh, first-round matchups, and basically you, ta- you mentioned how it played out, and we ended up seeing CD East. Um, looking back on that first round game, I, I obviously didn't really see any of it. Um, CD East playing Red Lion, but I probably think more of Red Lion now than I did. Yeah, I agree. Th- then, um, based on seeing CD East, um, and their ability, because I think CD East's only touchdown came on, uh, interception return for a touchdown, um, that I don't, I'm not even I, sure I about heard that. that. I don't know if that's true. But, well, seeing um, how... Or maybe it was set up by that or something. But like, but seeing um, some of the playmakers they have on right. offense, it just it surprised me that they would be able to keep them out of the end zone. Um, Red Lion obviously has a stellar defense to be able to hold them to 13 points. Um, Tyshawn Pollard is a very strong running back for CD East. Is it Mike were, Davis, I believe, I the transfer so. from Bishop McDevitt? No slouch either. And... I mean, how impressive is their sophomore quarterback, Kane Everson? I was really impressed. He looked great for really only impressed. being a sophomore. I, I have to give it to them. Like, I feel like that program has kind of, um, they continue to take steps. Like a few years ago, it was, it seemed like they were strictly a program that had enough good players to make some plays that they could beat you. And they're starting to, it, it seems like there's some stability there. I maybe. It's just me because we didn't really know a whole lot about them before because we didn't they weren't on the non league schedule and you know unless they showed up in the playoffs we didn't really see them yeah um but the, it they're kind of becoming that team you know and it's kind of them and Central Dolphin their kind of their other school in their district and uh, Cumberland Valley and Wilson kind of four you could probably say the the four premier teams in uh, now six A yeah. Um, yeah, Absolutely. It, I mean, the, the what the semifinals were, 
Cumberland Valley at Central Dolphin, CD East at Wilson. Those are the four teams. Those are the four teams for what now three years in right. a row. I think I think Paul Roberts said for the most part on Twitter. He's like before the before you know, the after semi the first started, round. Yeah. Basically, it was like three mid pen teams in Wilson make the make the semifinals in six A. If you're surprised, you shouldn't be. Like, right, exactly. You know. um, CD East burst onto the scene. I think it was 2013. When they upset Mifflin at yeah, Mifflin, and that yeah, was like yeah. an 11-6 match. It was something like something weird like that. Like, CD East, I think, had upset their first-round team, which would have been like the 5 or 6 seed or something like that. Maybe it was Mifflin in the first round. I don't, I don't even know. Um, and then people were like, wow, that's interesting. Well, then they were on Wilson's schedule in 2014, um, beat them in Week 2 at home, beat them in the playoffs by a much closer margin. 2015, we know, blew them out at their place at Central Dolphin uh, at Speed Ebersol Stadium, where both the Rams and the Panthers call home. And then uh, they came to West Lawn uh, in the playoffs last year, and we know what happened yeah. there. Um, but before we talk about the CD East game in 2016, we need to talk about the Central York game, because that's the first matchup that we have to cover here. And that was the quarterfinal matchup the Bulldogs face another Panthers team Panthers in back-to-back weeks and that was on Friday the 11th uh, the first round of the District 3 6A playoffs for 2016 and the Panthers coming out of the York area they were the second team to get in from York behind Redline who we just mentioned a little bit but they didn't put up much of a fight when they came to Gursky Wilson raced to a pretty significant lead and uh didn't really look back. There was a game wasn't really in doubt at all. Central York had some athletes on offense that they were, were tossing around a little. Um, got a couple of nice big plays, but um, defensively they couldn't stop anyone. Yeah, I think it was twenty-one nothing before they got a first down, um, and it it just kind of stayed with that theme kind of the rest of the night. Um, Wilson could pretty much do whatever they wanted offensively and defensively. I know they ended up giving up some points, but um, that was all kind of late and, you know, wasn't wasn't a major factor. Right. And the win over Central York, again, by a score of 55-23, to 23, that gave the Bulldogs nine straight seasons with 10 or more victories. Uh, and also, the Bulldogs have now played at least 12 games in every season that Coach Doms has been the head coach, which is crazy to think most teams 99% are guaranteed 10 regular season games uh, at least on the eastern side of the state now I know the west right. operates a little bit differently but teams that Wilson and coach Doms play 10 games a lot for a lot of them is max for every single year that coach Doms has been the head coach Wilson has played at least 12 games a season that's that's insane because you know we saw not to get it we'll talk about it a little bit more later but like we saw what happened last year like that in high school like sports let alone football that it happens like sometimes just you know a team you know gets a bounce or something you know coach Thomas talks about it all the time during the regular season when talking about the streak you never know when you know a unlucky bounce or you know just a bad break or someone slips or anything can happen to kind of you know end that and that that streak is kind of the same way when you think about it you know in the first round and and now it may be that much harder because those first round games are 
less likely to be well you think uh, about it the wider gap but... wilson was at risk of having to face manheim township again who they yeah. just beat a month ago but it was only 17 10 it was down to the wire right so now that there's only eight teams in the playoffs you're going to see some of those matchups where you're going to have you good teams eliminated those first round be games. a higher numbered yeah. seed and you have to play the, the better teams that, that are one or two I uh, actually saw it twice, you know, saw Mannheim Township at eight, better than an eight seed. And then we saw CD East, a six seed. They're better than a six seed. Right. So, you know, that's just the way, the way that it works when you play a tough um, regular season schedule like uh, Mannheim Township and uh, CD East did. Yeah. Um, obviously, this probably goes without saying, but since Wilson's played at least 12 games every year that Coach Thomas has been head coach. That means the team has also advanced to at least the round two of District 3 playoffs every season. And the Reading Eagle pointed out last week prior or just after Wilson's victory over Central York that Wilson hasn't lost their first playoff game since November 2000. And unfortunately, I know that one firsthand because that was my sophomore year as a Bulldog where we went to Cumberland Valley and lost at the Chap 21-7. to and uh, were unable to make it back to Hershey for a, a second consecutive season. Yeah. But that was the last time a Wilson team lost their first playoff game 16 years ago. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy you mentioned it. That was the equivalent of the semifinals because that was when right. there were four was, teams. There were only four teams in it. And that year, what's even crazier to think about that is, I believe, because I think this was before power ratings, so I don't know exactly how they picked the teams, but that year... Wilson nine and one regular season, Reading nine and one regular season, Cedarcrest I think nine and one regular season. Now the reason I'm not 100 percent sure on Cedarcrest because they didn't make the playoffs at nine and one. Now maybe they lost another game that I can't recall. Uh, you know maybe they're upset somewhere, but at worst I think it was a round robin effect or an A B B B B C but C B A thing because mm-hmm. we lost to Cedarcrest. But we beat Reading, and I think Reading beat Cedarcrest. Right. So we got to go to Cumberland Valley. I think CV was the, I think CV was the one, and we were the four. I could be wrong on that. But the other game was I think Southwestern, yeah. Reading at Southwestern, and Southwestern beat Reading, and Cumberland Valley beat us, and then Cumberland Valley beat Southwestern, and Cumberland Valley crushed Southwestern. Uh, so I know that my Wilson teammates and especially the seniors kind of were doing what ifs because they felt, you know, if, right. if whoever won that game, kind of like a few years we see in uh, March Madness, the, the semifinal games will be like, well, this should be the national championship game because the winner of this game is going to win the title. Um, that's kind of how a lot of people felt in that November 2000 game, Wilson at Cumberland Valley, the last time a Bulldog team lost their first round playoff game. So let's take a look at some of the highlights from the Central York game. All right. So here's the huddle game recap, courtesy of the coaching staff. Wilson Central York, Friday, November 11th. We're going to pick it up in the first quarter. Early on, no score yet, and we're going to get one of many big runs by Junior running back Iggy Reynoso. Here's he's going to rip off a 23 yarder, and he made a lot of people miss this evening. Yeah, and if they didn't technically miss, he just ran over them. Right. Like it was, yeah, as you'll see uh, from a lot of these highlights, um, he pretty much did whatever he wanted on on this night, at least for half the night. Um, yeah, right. he, he, I, he was unstoppable. Um, 
and again there you know you saw some miss and then uh, i i remember watching that i was like oh he may catch him and i'm like no nope, nope. not gonna catch him yeah and that was a 44 and, and he had the angle run like, for him he there. had the angle and, and then iggy kind of just made sure he beat him and he corner. gets another 29 yard run here i mean and we're gonna actually hear from a few players um and actually, I believe Iggy himself, you know, kind of like, you know, what play was it? Was there something special? It's like we were running ISO, which is basically right up the middle. Yeah. And the line was just clearing right. a path. Well, there there were two guys. Miss. Two guys met him. Now he was 10 yards downfield already. But two guys met him. One kind of just like brushed off to the side. And the other one, he just ran over. And here's the biggest one of the night. A 60-yarder, which put Wilson up, I believe, 48-9 to nine here. And... uh that guy jumped really late to yeah. try to tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> kind of humorous. So that that was the uh, highlights there. Wilson wins it. That's not even right. <laughs> so that's interesting. Thank you, Huddle, for not having the score correct. Because um, it was indeed 55-23. to 23. Um, So maybe there was some film issues. You would know all about that, wouldn't you? Not, not recap stuff. I'm just... Well, if it automatically pulls it from... The I don't film and the data entry. I don't think so. I no? think it's all. I think it's all entered. Okay, um, but well, so take our word for it. It is was definitely fifty five to twenty three, um, because it wasn't just um, Iggy scoring on the evening. Uh, we saw, and actually in the highlights, we saw Fode get a pass from Yorick for a score, right. and you can't score fifty five with just six touchdowns. So um, <laughs> yes, there were seven scored. The biggest contributions were coming from Iggy, and uh, here let's uh, pull, let me pull up the stats here, and we'll recap some of those. So uh, Wilson Central York Wilson led the way of first downs, obviously nineteen to ten rushing yards, three hundred and thirty-one to Central York's eighty. Wilson had just forty-one passing yards. Central York actually um, threw it more for sixty-eight total yards combined. 372 to 148, and most of the Central York yardage came a little bit later. They had a couple big plays yeah. against the against the starting starting eleven, but uh, most of it they came a little bit later in the second half. Time of possession, Wilson dominated, having almost the ball almost 28 minutes to York's about 20. Third downs, Wilson 50 percent. Central York just one for 14. Yeah, that's rough. And then to follow that up, Central York was only one of four on fourth downs. Right. Um, you know, like like I made reference to earlier, it got out of hand quickly in terms of the score. So, um, you know, they they started going forward on fourth, but it, it was really kind of at a point where it wasn't going to make too much of a difference. Wilson was two of three in the red zone. Central York ended up being two of two. Now, player statistics, not a lot jumps out except for one guy, but. Connor Yurig, 3 of 3 for 31 yards. We saw the one touchdown to Fode, uh, who had the catch for 21 yards and the score. Grayson Klein also played 3 of 5 for 10 yards. Obviously not throwing the ball that often. It was also really windy. It like was. The weather wind. did. So it was pretty much one of those games where you knew you were going to run the ball uh, going into it, and they knew you were going to run the ball going into it, and it didn't matter. Right. Like, and you, you basically could tell them what you were going to run, and it didn't yeah. matter. So, um, Justin Weller caught three passes for 16 yards, but his big contribution, which we didn't get to see in the highlights, unfortunately, was a kickoff return for a touchdown, 92 yards. Uh, so, Wilson ended up with eight touchdowns on the night, six rushing, one passing, and one special teams. Um, 
Fode, besides his receiving touchdown, also was the leader on defense with five tackles, three of which were a loss, one of them a sack. He also forced a fumble. And Trevor Hatley, the junior linebacker, finished with four and a half tackles just behind Fode. But the big player of the night was junior running back Iggy Reynoso. He rushed 21 times for 285 yards and six touchdowns. The only people in front of him or tied with him in the Wilson record book now are Jeffrey Nadrowski, who also rushed for six touchdowns as a Bulldog, and Alex Austin, who has the program record for single game rushing that I believe is 331 yards. If Iggy would have played and gotten one more touchdown or, you know, a few more drives, he probably would have eclipsed both of those Wilson program records, yardage and single game touchdowns. And he also would have at least tied, if not broken, the District 3 playoff record of seven touchdowns set by someone you guys might recognize the name. I don't know if you guys know someone named LaShawn McCoy. I've heard of him. Might ring a bell. Yeah, he played at Bishop McDevick in the mid-2000s, and his statistics there, especially as a senior, were surreal. He, all three games in the district playoffs, I believe at his senior season in either 04 or 05, he rushed for over 300 yards, and, like and one game he had like seven touchdowns. touchdowns. I think yeah. he had like four, five, six, he, no, he four, like, five, seven or something like that. He had like 1,000 yards and 15-plus touchdowns in three games. Right, yeah. yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, yeah, It like you mentioned, Iggy only played a half. He only yeah, played the first He literally half. didn't play a single snap in the second half. Right. And the coaches and players were kind of, you know, egging on Coach Doms in the locker room, including yeah. us. He made it very clear <laughs> that he did not care. Yeah, and well, he was, well, actually, I shouldn't say that he didn't care. He made it very clear he that understood, there were, there were other no things way. he cares more about, and and, and well, that's the it was future gold. of the team. That's right. that's what he was focused on. He, you know, he gets in there and tweaks his ankle, trying to get some in the end meaningless statistical um, footnote. Right. You know, what does it really matter? Uh, so he didn't get the chance to uh, tie or break any of the district records, but he did ha- um, write himself into the Wilson record books uh, for years to come with that performance. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty obvious who the player of the game needs to be. I mean, we didn't even really need a discussion about this. Uh, Iggy is our player of the game, I believe, for the third or fourth time now in 11 weeks. But some of the I mean, games he's had have just but, been right. absurd. Like, like this game, you know, 285 yards and six touchdowns in the first half, it, it kind of decides itself. Like, yeah. there's not... You know, sometimes we, you know, we're texting back and forth and we're having discussions and we'll even talk about it at the game and then kind of leading up to when we record the show. Um, this wasn't one of those cases. No, not at all. Like, not at all. All right. Well, let's congratulations to Iggy once again, our Bulldog Hour play of the game for the, excuse me, the quarterfinal playoff victory over Central York. Now let's take a look at a few of the other pictures from that night. Obviously, another one focused around Iggy just there were just so many of him doing incredible things against it was a a little chilly that night as you can see those guys bundled up after the game right and there's a coach Dom's you know happy celebrating the win with the teams but they you know at this point they knew who was coming to town the next week so before we talk about the CD East Panthers and the Wilson Bulldogs semifinal match on November 18th we have a few interviews After the win over Central York, we were able to grab the star of the game, running back Iggy Reynoso, and then we also talked to senior wide receiver Justin Weller, not just about the Wilson victory 
but also what's going on with him and Penn State as he looks to continue his education and athletic career and the Nittany Lions are uh, showing a lot of interest and uh, he's reciprocating that. So let's hear what Iggy and Justin had to say after the Central York Panthers playoff game. All right, we're back now here with uh, junior running back Iggy Reynoso. You probably heard us talking about him at the beginning of the show here, but he kind of had a, a statistical outlier for a player, rushing for nearly 300 yards and six touchdowns all in the first half. Coach Doms, despite our pleading at halftime, would not allow Iggy to come back in to uh, break some records, I believe, without checking here off the cuff that Iggy tied a Wilson record with six touchdowns in a game, and he was one away from tying the PIAA District 3 playoff record, which was set by uh, NFL superstar LaShawn McCoy back in 2004. So take us through some of these runs or, or the game plan, or what was it that set up this incredible first-half performance? Well, the quarterback said, hike, our line engaged. <laughs> there was a big hole. I hit the hole. I saw the end zone. I just ran. We, uh, our uh, coaches set up a good game plan for us, and we knew that they blitzed a lot, but uh, the coach had that all set up for us. We picked up all the blitzes, and we hit the holes. So six touchdowns in the first two quarters, were any of them scored on the same play? Was there one play that you're going back to a lot? Um, yeah, it's ISO, our, our ISO play. That's the one we go back to a lot, up the middle, and Twyford. And our line, they do great in the line. They block well. Now, um, we heard the coaches say that you had all the potential in the world, but it took some time at the beginning of the year to adjust to the system. Do you feel like you've acclimated to uh, the Wilson offense and, and the blocking scheme and, and what's expected of you game in and game out? Um, yeah, I feel like I did a little bit. More, more than I did when, like, at the beginning of the year. But I feel like I'm getting it better. Yeah, stats don't lie, and uh, nearly 300 yards, six touchdowns, and I think you're up to 19 on the season. Uh, that's one heck of a year, and you get to go again next week against CDE. So I know you're cold. We're cold. Thanks for joining us, and uh, best of luck next week. Thank you. All right, they're joining now the Bulldog Hour live after the game with senior wide receiver, cornerback, and kick returner Justin <laughs> Weller. So let's point out there, you know, uh, the ground game was going on offense, but you got on the stat sheet in a different way tonight. You got, had a great, I think, 92-yard kick return, four touchdowns to start the third quarter. Wilson didn't need the points at the time, but it's always great to get have the starters one last try in a, in a game like this. But what happened when you got the ball? Did you see a seam, or did you just say, I'm going to start running and see what happens? So I saw the seam because our doubles of Joey and uh, Gilmore and um, Ed and Jim, we call him Jim, but it's actually his nickname. They call him Jim. I don't know why, to be honest. Everyone called him Jim, so I called him Jim. And then Mason kicked out his guy, and the seam opened up, and I owed all of them. And then someone else made a block way downfield and cracked the kid, and I just kind of tried it in the end zone after that, after I made the kicker miss. It was just, just good Yeah, I'd like to see it again. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think there were some issues with the end zone camera. So hopefully we got it on the camera by this guy right we here. Got, we got it. We did. Uh, and we good. can take a look at it on the show. Um, hopefully we've done that by now, but you know, get, getting the 10 wins. I know you coming from a team out in Illinois, two two state titles. Getting the 10 wins here is great. It's I think uh, eighth or ninth straight year now. Uh, moving on to uh, the second round of the playoffs, and I know you don't have the experience from what happened last year, but I this watched is it happen. the exact. That's right. 
This is the exact same thing as last year, second week of playoffs, at home against TD East. Um, what, what do you expect the week to be like knowing what these guys went through a year ago? So I think the week is going to be more focused on like technique and exactly what you have to do exactly at this point. And we're just going to have to take the week seriously, but it's just another team we just have to take fun of. We've got to be now, we love talking Wilson football and what just happened, but both Mr. Raffoff and I here, as well as many of the people in the community, are huge Penn State fans, yep. and we've been talking a lot about the Nittany Lions recently. You've been invited to uh, the second game now. Um, what was the experience like being up at Penn State on the sidelines, being invited by the coaching staff? It's crazy. It's been a dream ever since I was a kid. Um, it reopened this year because my freshman year I went to a camp there and uh, Coach Gaddis really liked what he saw. And uh, last year kind of died off a little bit, but when I moved back here, he got in contact with me again when I went to a Fordham camp. And he just said, stay in touch. And then it was two weeks ago, he said, come up for a game. I want to talk to you. And I was like, all right, sure. I'll go to a Penn State game and be on the sidelines. This is my dream since I was a kid. And ever since then, we've been in contact. Uh, all the coaches are following me on Twitter. It's just it's like a dream come true because I've always wanted to go to Penn State. Yeah, well, we're obviously really excited for you yeah. and, and hope for the best in whatever collegiate decision you make. Do you have a date that you're looking to make a decision? Or you just... I have no idea yet. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not thinking about that until after the season. Over. And you're focused, and, and TD East coming up next week, yeah. another huge game. Well, thanks for joining us, Justin, and best of luck. Hopefully, we can talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thanks to Iggy Reynoso and Justin Weller for taking the time post-game to catch up with the Bulldog Hour. Now let's turn our sights to the semifinal matchup with the CD East Panthers. And obviously, it's a foe that is very familiar to Wilson because over the last few years, well, we've seen them a lot. We never played them prior to 2014, and just the last two-plus years now, We've played them five times, twice in 2014, regular season and playoffs, twice in 2015, regular season and playoffs, and now this year in the playoffs. Entering this matchup, though, Wilson had performed very, very well. We were 3-1, uh, and one, but that one loss was in the playoffs last year, and that's the one, obviously, that everyone remembers. No one cares what happened in 2014 or even the first game in 2015. The game last year that ended the Wilson season, a promising season, a season that people thought was at least a berth in a district title game, like that was almost a slam dunk to both the team and the fans. So when CD East beat the Bulldogs last year, it was it caused ripple effects and there was shock, uh, not just in West Lawn but throughout uh, District Three. Yeah, and you know. It you hear a lot of times people talk about, oh, you know, it'll be difficult for them to go to Wilson and win. And, you know, a lot of, every team that comes to West Lawn is going to hear that. Um, but CD East is coming into this game knowing, yeah, it's going to be tough, but we did it last year. So they have that belief, you know, that they not, not just, it's not just blind optimism for them. You know, they, right. they've been there. They've done yep. that, not just in the regular season. They've done it in the playoffs and not many teams can say they've done that. Um, CD East is one of them. And so you, you have to fight that confidence, um, you know, coming into this week's big game. It wasn't the main focus on the front page of the Reading Eagle the Saturday after the game, but it was in the banner on the front page, not the sports section, the front page of the Reading Eagle. And you can see if you're watching, I have that banner on top and then I have the 
front page of the sports section. And it, I mean, it says it all a shocking sudden end for Wilson. Wilson had just destroyed Harrisburg the week before what 56 to six, the most points ever scored by a Wilson team in the playoffs. They had absolutely taken care of the CDs Panthers in week two, I believe 38 to nothing, Mm -hmm. but that's right there where things started to cause issues with the rematch in the playoffs. And coach Dom's said as much, but after the loss, he said, people outside of the program and even some inside were thinking that this was going to be a pushover because if you win a game by 38 points, how can a team get that much better in 10, 11, 9, 10 weeks and match up with you? Well, if you watch the CDS game the first time around, yeah, it was 38 nothing, but there were a lot of fortuitous bounces and other things that happened that, you know, Coach Doms knew they needed to improve on, whether or not the uh, the media or the community and fans at large wanted to believe that, you know, is it just coach speak? Well, sometimes yes, and sometimes, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, we saw special teams score in that first game. We saw a goal line stand that caused a fumble, which was returned for a long touchdown in that first game. It, it took a little bit to get clicking. It, it, the first quarter, I think the score was like 6 nothing or something. So, you know, it was a slow burn. Um, but that built it up that this rematch shouldn't be much of a rematch. And that was a part of the undoing for the Bulldogs in 2015. So what was in store for 2016 in the rematch where the Bulldogs wanted to avenge that loss from a year ago, uh, do it for themselves and do it for the players that are no longer on the team. Well, things went a little bit differently this time as Wilson was able to take down the Panthers 38 to 21 and the Red Eagle had a little bit of a different story this time around and uh, it focused on another player that had a massive game uh, in Brian Wright and his uh, he gets his name blazing in the headlines where his passing game is right in Bulldogs' victory. Wilson beats CDs 38 to 21 also contributing in a large way was senior kick returner Mason McElroy. And obviously, if a receiver's having a good game, your quarterback's probably having a good game, too. Yeah. And that was true of Connor Urig. So, again, Bulldogs get revenge for the loss to the CDs Panthers a year ago. Once again, back at Gursky, 38-21 on November 18th in the District 3 6A semifinals. So, obviously, this means Wilson is heading to Hershey for the second time, or excuse me, no, actually, the fourth time in seven years 2011 2012 2014 2016 um so yeah something like that something crazy like that four time in six years i know they didn't go last year but they went the year before that's right well they went in 2011 and lost that's where i get stuck 2012 and one they went in 2014 and one and now they're back in 2016 so you know and i saw a tweet after the game um actually i think it was from it might have been from our, our friend uh, Andy Herr, who said uh, Wilson and Cumberland Valley back in Hershey, where they belong. Yeah, uh, I think it might have been Andy. I'm sorry if it was someone else. I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it was it, it was uh, one of uh, Bruce Badgley, Andy Herr, or even Mike Drago. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was one of those three. Um, but all of them had great things to say about the Bulldogs and the way they're playing. Um, so let's take a look now at the highlights from the Central Dolphin East game 
where the Bulldogs were able to get one back for what happened a year ago. So the highlights, the game recap, once again, courtesy of Huddle and the coaching staff. And we're going to start this one in the second quarter. So Wilson's up 7-0, and we're going to see a great play on the ball by senior safety Tommy O'Brien. He's going to dive in front of the player, come up with the pick, and end a CDS drive where they were finally starting to get into Wilson territory. Now the next highlight here, Wilson's up 14 to nothing, and we're going to see a nice pass from Connor Urig to Justin Weller over the middle. Big gain near the end of the second quarter. Now we're going to see an even bigger gain to the man of the night, Mr. Brian Wright. 50 yards from Urig to Wright, and Wright makes the attempt to stay on his feet and get to the end zone, but he went out at the seven. Now Wilson would have to settle for a field goal and would go up 17 to nothing at halftime. In the third quarter, CD East has cut it to 17-7, but now a beautiful pass from Connor Yurig on the money to Brian Wright puts Wilson on top 24 to seven. And they come right back the next time on offense, 56 yarder to Wright, who makes an amazing leaping catch and then makes two defenders miss and route to the end zone, and Wilson is up now 31-7. to It's now 31-14, to and Kane Everson, back in the game, drops back, and is eventually intercepted by Brian Wright, who is just all over the field. And uh, that really put an end to any uh, opportunity for the Panthers to make a, any crazy comebacks um, so once again, thanks to the huddle program and the coaching staff for the, uh, the video, which for the first time this year worked, worked perfectly, right? Yeah. It took 12 weeks. Hey, we, we've got it down now. <laughs> You're good. You're good to go now. Yeah. Well, knock on wood. <laughs> so there you go. Some of the big plays and obviously Brian Wright all over the place. Um, and <clears throat> he uh, had a monster of a game, um, uh, before we cover, what he did personally, let's check out what the team did. Um, Wilson actually was out. Well, they got left. I was going to say out game, but that's not true. Not in yardage wise. They got, they had fewer first downs. CDs actually had 21 first downs to Wilson's 18. Uh, they actually had more rushing yards than the Bulldogs, 185 to 122. Where it mattered in passing statistics, Wilson came out on top. 265 to 169 and that gives Wilson a slight edge in total yards 387 to 354 time of possession very close Wilson 2444 the Panthers 2316 third downs Wilson got the better of CD East, 6 of 14 not quite 50 percent but East was only 4 of 13 and Wilson also conver converted their only fourth down opportunity where the Panthers didn't attempt any fourth down uh, conversions in the red zone both teams missed one try Wilson was three of four CD East two of three one of the big stories of the night though was special teams we saw well we didn't see it um, but Mason McElroy had a punt return for a touchdown I believe 59 yards and he made a bunch of people miss uh, you know he's had a lot of great ones this year but this was one of the best and also earlier in the game it was it was at a big time too because I believe it was only seven, seven nothing. nothing. At the yeah, time. it was seven nothing. Yeah, and in, we were into the second quarter. It, it was one of those where you're just like, oh man, this we need to break it out yeah. game. And defense came up with another stop, and um, for the first time, the guy was punting with the wind. Uh, right for CD East, 
Um, he had had two kind of pop-ups before that, and this right. one kind of line drive with the win uh, gave gave Mason a chance to actually field it and uh, and do something with it. Wilson actually started the game with the ball. CD East kicked off. Wilson failed to get anything going. They punted, and CD East returner actually muffed it, and Wilson recovered, and uh, that set up the first score, which was a Connor Urig run. Um, to put Wilson up seven to nothing, and then nothing happened for a quarter plus. You know, it was into about midway through the second when Mason took it to the house, fourteen nothing. Then Wilson, courtesy of some big pass plays to Justin Weller and Brian Wright, um, they got stuffed from the seven and in. But Nick Borelli kicked the field goal to put Wilson up seventeen nothing at the half. And then the second half, um, despite a few touchdowns, another run by Kane Everson, and then a pass from Kane Everson. Um, Wilson offense also scored three. Uh, so I know we kind of alluded to it, but I was really impressed with um, with the quarterback play from CD East. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, he's something and, special. And I, think, I think he's only a sophomore. He is only um, a sophomore. They, they've got something to build around there. Um, now, I know they're losing some other right. big, big players. There were, there were a couple times where you saw some inexperience, but you also saw the playmaking ability, which is why you're going to live by that and die by that, especially with – with a sophomore, yeah. you know, like, but man, that like you said, they do lose some big play time playmakers, but it'll be interesting to kind of see where they go. I don't know that the drop off will be as great as some people would expect with the talent they're going to lose because of some of the talent they. Well, they obviously we know we can't return. see them till the playoffs, so right, right. it doesn't make much of a difference to us for the at least the first ten weeks of next year. Um, so individuals, Iggy. Not 285 yards, but still a respectable 90 and on the ground. I think it's really important to kind of focus on they were keying on stopping oh, the run. Absolutely. And that opened up the opportunities for the passing game and for Brian and some of the other guys to have big nights. Not that they couldn't on their own, but you know that CD East was saying, there's no way we're letting a guy run for 200 yards on us. Right. Like, especially, and the talent there on the defensive line and you know it's just it's a completely different ball game than it was last week yes but the importance of those 90 yards and to keep those safeties up and right that played a huge role in the game right i mean it's over four yards to carry that's yeah. nothing to sneeze at yeah so reynoso 21 for 90 he also had three catches for 17 yards um one of the big players junior quarterback connor yurg 15 of 24 265 yards, three touchdowns, and he also had four rushes now, technically minus eight yards because of a few sacks. But the big one was for a couple yards up the middle for a touchdown run to give Wilson a 7 nothing lead. His main target on the evening was Brian Wright, four catches for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Wright wasn't done just on offense. He also chipped in four tackles, one of them for a loss on a sack. He also had a fumble recovery and the interception near the end of the game. He really was getting it all done. Um, not to be outdone on offense, we saw Justin Weller make a nice catch. He had 4 for four fifty four on the night. And back on the defensive side, senior safety Tommy O'Brien, six and a half tackles, a fumble recovery, and an interception, which we saw in the highlights. And senior linebacker Leo Quigley also had six and a half tackles, one of them for loss. So obviously... Tough to choose a player of the game. A lot, of, you know, we saw Mason make a lot of plays, especially the special teams touchdown. Connor Urig, someone's got to get the ball out there, and he was placing his his throws to Brian Wright were 
beautiful. They have perfect spiral, spiral, perfect positioning. Uh, but what Brian Wright was able to do after the catch and his contributions on defense, we had to give the nod to Mr. Brian Wright for our player of the game against the CD East Panthers for his uh, stellar performance in every facet of the game. That, uh, just I what a great game. It was um, the touchdown catch he had, the second the touchdown second catch one. he had, yep. was just incredible. Um like the, he went up, he there were two guys there, mm-hmm. and he just went up above both of them, grabbed it, and came down, and then made both of them miss, and then outran them to the end zone. Like it just, um, it it was an exciting play, and it was one of those plays where you heard, kind of everybody was just like, wait, wow, like did that just happen? Like, um, you know, it, everyone was really pumped up about. It. I mean, it's a touchdown; everyone's going to be excited, but you could see there was a little extra excitement, just kind of the type of play that was, um. But like you said, he he had a great all around game. Um, you know, he was close on a number of times to maybe being able to get a sack, but the quarterback was able to kind of elude that most of the night until he did get home on one. Um, had a fumble recovery, had an interception. So great all around night for Brian. The second one also was a direct response to CD East touchdown. Yeah, you know this one. This one put this one kind of put it away. And I know Wilson added another one, especially because CD East had added one. Um, you know, thirty-eight twenty-one was the final, but this was a big one because Wilson responded to uh, to CDE's pressure. Right. And uh, what a great what a great game from Brian Wright, both on offense and defense. Um, and if Wilson's going to keep playing, he they need more nights like that from him uh, coming up this next Saturday. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's take a few picture, take a look at a few pictures from the game besides the one of Brian Wright as our player of the game. Here to look at the first touchdown, the aftermath of it, with Connor Yurig celebrating his touchdown run, and then also a picture of Mason McElroy's punt return for a touchdown. All huge plays in a very happy night at Gursky Stadium as the Bulldogs beat the Panthers 38-21. to So, we got to talk to a few people after the game, and we grabbed, well, the three big ones from the night. The guys who contributed the most on the stat sheet and get the recognition, the quarterback, the flashy kick returner, and the do-it-all wide receiver linebacker. We talked with Connor Yurg, Mason McElroy, and Brian Wright following the victory over CD East. So let's take a listen to what they had to say. I were joined post-game by three of the stars of tonight's victory over Central Dolphin East, 38-21. to The victory gives Wilson 11 on the season, but more importantly, sends the Bulldogs to Hershey Park to take on the Cumberland Valley Eagles for the 2016 District 3 6A Championship. Now, Connor Urig, Mason McElroy, Brian Wright all contributed to the win this evening in a variety of ways. Most prevalent on the scoreboard, uh, Brian Wright had four catches for 157 yards and two scores and all of them came from Connor who was 15 of 24 for 265 yards and three touchdowns but not to be outdone Mason McElroy contributed on special teams as he always does taking one back tonight 59 yards and really setting the tone towards the end of the first half for Wilson so guys most important question how's it feel to be going back to Hershey 
I can't wait, honestly. Like that field is amazing, the stands are amazing, the game's amazing. So honestly, I can't wait. I can smell the chocolate, so. <laughs> and Brian already's got some. He's ready to go. So uh, now, guys, entering the night, it had been a few weeks since we saw the passing game really click, mostly because there weren't a lot of opportunities. We saw a real um, focus on the running game, but tonight you opened it up over 250 yards, and you, Brian, over 150 yards receiving. Was there a matchup in particular that you guys really singled out, or is it just the way that the routes opened up? Well, they had a lot of people in the box, and that's when we started to get, take some shots deep, and Brian Wright just had the right matchup on the corner, and sticked him and then made the great catch it helps when there's not 30 mile per hour wins yes <laughs> yeah. also Beautiful good points all right so brian not just uh contributing on offense though a great night on defense i believe he had uh, at least one sack also had an interception um what would you say this is the best game you've had in your career um no doubt about it <laughs> yeah yeah you were all over the field tonight let's see if i can yeah Four tackles, tackle for a loss, fumble recovery as well. So you, you got everything. Sack, <laughs> interception, fumble recovery, touchdown reception. So yeah, what one heck of a game from you. Um, what does it mean now a year later to get this win over CD East after what happened last year? Well, there was, there was a, a bunch of seniors from last year, last year's game in the stands tonight. So like, I know they're looking down at us like happy. Happy as can be. I'm, I know they're so happy. Like I can't wait to go talk to them. That's for the seniors and Yeah. Great. So now you get to turn your focus to Cumberland Valley. None of you I know have seen them. And actually, Wilson hasn't played Cumberland Valley since 2011. And that was actually a year in which the team had played them four straight seasons, 08, 09, 10, and 11. Um, Wilson was able to win two of those four in 2008 in the district championship game and then again in 2011 to go to the district championship game. We heard Coach Doms talk about they have some stud players, I believe Charlie Catcher and Josiah Quigley, and we know that they run a, a unique offense that Coach Doms says is just line it up and stop them. Um, you guys as defenders, what do you expect in this week in practice from Coach Wolber? Teach us and just put it onto the field. And go all out there. Trust the game plan. And we know, you know, hard hard-nosed defense to Cumberland Valley as well. Um, but they've had their ups and downs. And uh, uh, Connor, what's your health like? I know you've played now the last two weeks. How's your knee feeling? I'm feeling pretty great. You know, after today, and just like I'm ready to go, Cumberland Valley. Well, you know, besides the three passing touchdowns, we saw you get the scoring started with the rushing touchdown. What were there? Was there a lot of expectations for you to run the ball much tonight, or are they trying to keep you uh, not as active in that aspect of the game? Well, the game plan, Coach Coach Palm asked me if I'm able to run. I said, yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm ready to run. So then I was just going to do whatever they told me to do. And the O-line, shout out to the O-line. They did a great job today against a great yeah, D-line. Shout out to the O-line. Yeah. We don't want to give Isaiah Regal that much credit. Come on. Love you, Isaiah. <laughs> All right, anything to say to your fellow your fellow players, your coaches, fans, family before uh, you get ready to focus on Cumberland Valley? Archie Park, here we come. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thank you once again to the players for joining us. Again, it was Connor Yurig, Mason McElroy, and Brian Wright all had great games against the Panthers and a big reason that the Bulldogs are moving on. And you heard us, I think, mention it during the interview. Um, who are the Bulldogs going to be playing? Well, it's a, a semi-familiar foe, uh, especially one that we see a lot in the playoffs, and that is the Cumberland Valley Eagles, who advanced to the District 3 6A championship 
with a victory over Central Dolphin, a team that the only team that beat Wilson this year. And the Eagles actually beat Central Dolphin earlier in the year. So Central Dolphin is having a tough time with Cumberland Valley. We've Cumberland Valley beat them three times in a row now? Um, five. Okay. And, and that I would include three. <laughs> sure, you're right. You weren't wrong. Just like I wasn't wrong when I said four of seven, because it technically was right. But I was really thinking since 2011. Um, but yeah, no, you're not. You're not right. It was three, but it was also five. Um, but the bigger thing to me was that Central Dolphin has never beaten Cumberland Valley in the playoffs. That's amazing. And it's I not just like that. one time, obviously, because last year they played that incredibly exciting thrilling district three championship game seven overtimes where the final score was like 62 to 61 or something like that. Um, but come on Valley beat central dolphin on the road again at speed Eversall stadium in the central dolphin school district, uh, by the score of 21 to seven. Now I know, uh, the Rams were missing a few players, obviously Mika Parsons transferred to Harrisburg, uh, AJ Millar, their senior quarterback didn't play. And I also think they were without one of their, um, receivers or running backs um yeah wise yeah i i think i heard that too which makes it tough um especially this time of year you know you hate to go down and not be able to necessarily go with what got you there um but i don't think anybody would be surprised you know with a uh, Cumberland Valley win you know like you've said it, it's kind of been a pattern in that particular matchup um and we mentioned earlier in the show when you talk about the teams that that make it, you know, seemingly every year to the final four to or final, you know, the district final, Cumberland Valley is absolutely one of those teams. They're they're like the class of they are the know, class right. of District Three, right? And you know, it, it's one of those where it kind of like irks you to have to give it to somebody else, but like they they are they they, they, they really are, and the numbers back it up. They're, yeah, they're oh, incredible. Absolutely program with incredible history and we're going to go over some of those now i sent a lot of these out on twitter uh yesterday or even maybe late friday night uh and if you ever go to the district three website they have all this information there they they have pdfs of all these statistics and it's absolutely incredible so i encourage you to go to the district three website and check it out um but wilson cumberland valley saturday november 26th the saturday of thanksgiving weekend six o'clock at hershey park stadium Wilson Cumberland Valley will be their 15th all-time meeting, 13th in the playoffs. So Wilson and Cumberland Valley have only played twice in the regular season. The other times, all in the playoffs, including this one. Cumberland Valley holds the series lead 9-5. to five. So, you know, this will be the 15th game. Cumberland Valley has won 9 of the previous 14 meetings. So Wilson hasn't exactly had great luck against the Eagles. The only thing working in their favor is... This is the fourth time Wilson and Cumberland Valley are playing for the district title. Wilson's won the previous three. So, obviously, that's a good thing. And I can tell you all of them off the top of my head because they're some of the defining moments in Wilson football as a fan, at least the earlier ones. And then I know um, a one that you remember is one of the... Uh, the, one of the greatest games um, from Wilson's perspective to put a, you know, kind of a feather in your hat for the 2008 season. But yeah. um, 1990, one of the most prolific, interesting district championship games in history. I know obviously a lot of people think last year between CV and CD, that one was crazy. Well, in 1990 was the Fog Bowl. Uh, Wilson won 34-32, literally final seconds of the game. 
people didn't know if he had scored or not because you couldn't see. It was that foggy. Um, and that was the, the first time Wilson beat Cumberland Valley in the district championship game. Nine years later, Pete Gilmore and the Bulldogs absolutely housed the Eagles. I think it was 47 to nothing. I think so. And then nine years later, 2008, you're, you definitely remember that one. That was, uh, that, that was an incredible game and team. Like I know we, we talk about this, you know, I have, I have ties to the area, but really in terms of, you know, knowledge of Wilson football, I, a little bit of the 99 season, but we didn't live here yet. And then that 2000 season was the year um, that I became more aware of, of Wilson football. And we already discussed the outcome of that year. Um, but that 2008 team was, was incredible. And that particular game in the district final was a, a lot of fun. Like, a lot of fun. If I recall, there was some chirping going on before oh, the yeah. game uh, about uh, basically that Wilson wasn't that good and didn't really belong there. Some of their players wouldn't even, you know, be backups on the the other team and, and whatnot. And he uh, just Wilson played the like they had heard that. Yeah. Um, they raced. I think they raced out to a thirty-five nothing lead. Right. I know uh, they got some. Cumberland Valley got some scores. It was thirty-five to seven, I believe, was the final. Right. But um, just almost exactly a year ago, or by the time the next iteration of Wilson Cumberland Valley comes around, it will have been about um, eight years ago. But I think the big thing from that game was the Bulldogs defense forced eight turnovers, four interceptions, and four fumbles. Just crazy, just crazy statistics, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. Now, that wasn't the most recent meeting between the teams, but it actually was five years ago, the last time Wilson played Cumberland Valley, if you can believe that. Um, fortunately for the Bulldogs, it was a win, 20-14 to 14 at Cumberland Valley, um, almost exactly five years ago, to the day that the championship game this year is going to be played. It was November 25th. I know you recall that day. Yeah. I recall that day not being at the game for whatever reason. <clears throat> if they would have played that game on a Saturday, there would have been a non-issue. But it was a semifinal game, not the championship hey, game. I'm just saying, if it was a Saturday game, it would have been a non-issue. Who schedules a wedding during the District 3 playoffs? Who does that? Hey, regardless of the outcome, you had a great time relaying the I messages. I did. I enjoyed. And who was standing next to me? Barb Heckman. And as I announce that they win, she just hugs me as hard as she possibly can, <laughs> and we just start jumping up and down. Uh, but yes, my co-host here got married that day, and uh, this was a good day. All I wanted to know was, and I got married. is Wilson winning? <laughs> is Wilson winning? And they did. Went on to the district championship game uh, against Central Dolphin and came up just a bit short, um, unfortunately, uh, because of my disdain for the Rams. Um, but anyways. So the last time the teams played, Wilson won. The last time they met in the District 3 championship game, Wilson won uh, the 2008 matchup. This is Wilson's 10th trip to the District 3 uh, title game. This is Cumberland Valley's 20th. <laughs> they're 13-6 and six in championship games. So this is they're trying to get their 14th district title. Wilson's trying for their 7th. And this is where things start to get really crazy. Wilson or Cumberland Valley, and sometimes both, has played in every single District 3, 4A, or 6A now title game since 2008. Since 2008, at least one of Wilson or CV has been in the championship game. And if you go all the way back to 82, when both teams were 
a part of 3A. That was the highest grouping uh, the first three years. It's 26 out of 35 championship games. One of Wilson or Cumberland Valley was a part of. So there's only nine games in the history of District 3 that Wilson or Cumberland Valley hasn't been in the game. Think about that. That is crazy. And there was actually a four-year stretch in the mid-2000s. So it actually was less. It was, I think it was 04 through 07 that neither Wilson or CV made the district title game. Um, yeah, just crazy to think about it in, in that capacity. Uh, this year's version of the Cumberland Valley Eagles are led by their senior fullback linebacker, Josiah Quigley. Uh, he rushed for 100 or more yards in eight of the 11 games that he played. He missed one game, I believe, that's, due to injury. That's saying something, you know, because I know we, we go back and forth. And it's not the statement isn't to diminish the league, you know, that Wilson plays in the LL league, but the mid pen, we just talked about it in the semifinal round. Three of the four teams were mid pen teams, including a six and four mid pen team in, from the regular season. Um, so the mid pen is historically a strong league and to rush for over a hundred yards in eight of 11 games. That's pretty impressive. I think he did it both times against central dolphin as well. Uh, you know, arguably and probably the next best team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, the um, oh, no, I forgot what I was going to say about that. Okay, but uh, so Josiah Quigley, obviously a key cog. Oh, their offense, their offense is important to talk about because it's a rush first offense. They have a, usually two or three guys that just pound the rock. You know, they they run kind of like midline option. You know, veer just si- similar in style to Mifflin and Burke's Catholic and whatnot. They're, you know, pound and ground, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, old time football. That's their style. That's what they want to do. And you can tell by their results, if you can shut them down, they're going to lose. We saw them lose to State College this year. We saw them lose to Lower Dolphin this year, which was the big surprise. And then we saw them also lose to Harrisburg. So, you know, they have three losses. They are teams that have figured out a way to beat them. And stopping Quigley is a big, you know, if you stop Quigley, there's a good chance you'll win. Because when you stop their big running attack, it's tough for them to uh, get much going. What's working in their favor this year is that they have a great wide receiver in Charlie Catcher, who's been on the team now. This is his third year already. And he's being recruited by some of the best or some of the biggest and best uh, Division One pr- programs. Um, right now, the leader is Penn State, where he is expected to commit uh, I don't know if it'll be soon, but the crystal ball on all the recruiting website said catcher is likely a Nittany Lion recruit, and he plays wide receiver for them, and also a hybrid linebacker safety. I saw he had some big catches again in the game against Central Dolphin last week. Um, kind of that similar idea of um, he. It was kind of a toss up, and he just beat everyone for the ball. You know, yeah, like it was uh, one of those things. So. You know, definitely, obviously, some talent there. So you can't just sell out on the run, or you you could be in trouble. Um, so, it, like you said, it's it's a difficult difficult matchup, as you're going to see in any district final. You know, you're not going to get there and be like, "Oh, this team has nobody." You know, like that that's just unlikely to happen, um, especially at the higher classifications where the teams are bigger, the districts are bigger, things like that. Like it's just, you know, you, you know, you're going to have to beat really good teams in order to do that. And um, Cumberland Valley certainly meets that criteria. Catcher has 20 rushes for 145 yards, taking it from slot wing or maybe uh, some kind of uh, 
end around or jet sweep. He also has 36 catches for just under 500 yards, six receiving touchdowns, and he also has picked up two interceptions on defense. Also not helping Wilson is they haven't seen an offense like this since week one against Mifflin. So now obviously the team has gotten better, but you'd like to be able to see that in play more recently than just on film. You've got, you know, all summer to kind of pound that into the guy. And I know that's not the only thing they work on, obviously, but you know, you have a lot of time to prep for that first week here. You know, you have, not that they don't know it was out there because they obviously saw the brackets too, but you have a week, you know, you have a week to prepare. So, um, and it, and it's a different week uh, because of, you know, the holiday and everything. So it's just schedules are a little off. Um, so it just changes things around a little bit. Yeah. Good thing for bringing up the holiday because we're approaching Thanksgiving and because the Bulldogs are still playing, it obviously makes Thanksgiving that much better, but Thanksgiving morning practice happens and no, you're not taking a day off just because it's Thanksgiving. I know a lot of families wish they would, but face it, it's not going to happen. So the Bulldogs will be practicing on Thanksgiving morning and uh, they've reached out as they usually do uh, to spread the word that their practice on Thanksgiving morning is open to the community and, and football alumni. And they'd like you to stop by and support them, cheer them on as they're working uh, to uh, win another district title. And the Thanksgiving morning practice I'm told is being run from nine to 11. Um, and towards the end of the practice, uh, if, you know, if you're available and, and willing, stop by uh, Gursky Stadium to uh, cheer on the team as they finish their Thanksgiving morning practice and uh, give them some words of encouragement as they uh, get ready to take on the Cumberland Valley Eagles on Saturday at 6 o'clock at Hershey Park. So, again, Thanksgiving morning practice is from 9 to 11. Uh, you know, sometime near the end, 1030 to 11 o'clock, stop by Gursky and uh, cheer on the team. Yeah, you know, and... And hopefully we don't have to shovel this year, like, yes. a, like a few years ago. And and perfect, Man, you, you're two, good. Two like we didn't row. even set this up. Your no. segues this evening have just been on point. I mean, yeah. maybe that 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 week off, well, my bye week, ago, my bye week has kind it's of really gotten you on. Yeah, you're go. ready to go. So, pictures from the last two times this happened in 2012 and 2014. You can see a little bit different. Uh, environment that they were practicing in you see people some of people walking around in shorts in 2012 um that might just be coach wolver though now that i'm looking that at explains it. everything <laughs> but then in 2014 you can see some of the photos last year of the snow-covered field that they requested the community to come out before practice to help shovel and uh, get the the field ready for the team to practice on uh so yeah Thanksgiving practice, it's a thing. you, you got to do what you got to do to win a district title, and they'll be out there again uh, this Thursday, November 24th, Thanksgiving morning. And if you can, as we approach uh, the end of practice by 11 o'clock, come out, cheer them on, and uh, hopefully... Uh, they can go back inside and, and that, have a great meal, hopefully. Exactly, yeah. And, and football and Thanksgiving go hand in hand. Right. So you know you're going to be watching yeah, it we're just lunchtime you, on. We're just helping Get you. Get started an hour yeah, or two earlier. Why wait till noon for that game in Detroit? You can start at 9 in the morning. So right, yeah. I mean, I don't see... Like, why, why, why wouldn't you do that? I, I just... I'm like, there can't be... No excuses. Come on. Come on, guys and girls. Let's go. All right, so that's actually it for us in episode 2.8. 
you know you know the drill. Like the Wilson Bulldogs and Bulldog Hour fan pages on Facebook. Follow at Wilson Bulldogs and at Bulldog Hour on Twitter. We have live game updates and photos. We're also doing our post-game uh, interviews, and we have those for you each week. And um, you can also follow Justin at Mr. Underscore Raffoff and me at Coach Joe Mays on Twitter. Uh, we also want to take the time to thank everyone that supports the show. If you're listening or watching, thank you. Please spread the word, pass it on to your friends and family. And also a big thank you and shout-outs to our sponsor, Mays Sandwich Shop, to all the anonymous donors, and also uh, to Andy Herr, who has been a, a, a sponsor of the show and someone that we're looking to incorporate on the broadcast, get you know, get an interview with him and his coverage for EasternPAFootball.com. And he is also a basketball guy. You can check out his stuff at LLHoops.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, we're always accepting donations and sponsorships. You can get all that information at BulldogHour.com. Anything to add from you, Justin, before we head out of here? No, uh, except these these shows that we get to do after wins are a lot of fun. So um, if we can keep that going, yeah. that would be fantastic. If we could come back at episode 9 and say we're not talking about a loss, I'd be ecstatic. Because yeah. if you think yeah. about it, I'm not going to say it. Nope. But if you think about it, you know what that means. Right, yeah. So, you know, best of luck to the team. You know, it, it gets tougher each week. Um, you know, I think they've gotten tougher each week, so... Uh, hopefully they can uh, keep it going. Yeah, a lot of praise on Twitter from folks saying that Wilson's playing their best football right now, and if they want to keep playing, That's they got to keep takes. it up. That's what it takes this time of year. So, all right. So, no sense in hanging around any longer. I'm just, we're sure you're probably sick and tired of us hearing us talk, and uh, but we do hope you return for episode nine, which is going to happen no matter what occurs this Saturday or the Saturdays going forth. We'll be back to recap the district championship game and anything else Wilson football related in probably a week or two depends on what's going on. So there will be an episode nine of the Bulldog Hour for 2016. So please come back for that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour for Justin Raffoff and the Wilson football program. I'm Joe Mays and remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. One more Wilson football. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.